Welcome to the Ashley and Jessicast. I started this podcast because of my love for Jessica and Ashley Simpson, but due to the support of my amazing listeners, I have been able to expand to other topics as well to feed my pop culture obsession and yours. Join me as we time travel through some of the most interesting figures in music, movies, TV, and beyond. I'm your host, Leah Russo. Hi everyone, welcome back to my Lindsay Lohan series. This is going to be part six and I am so, so excited. Today we are talking about 2005 deep breath okay because <laughs> in 2005 yes I had a life yes I had friends yes I was in school yes I had family and slumber parties to go to and things like that but when I think of 2005 I don't just think about my own life I think about pop culture because it just exploded around this time. And if you're anywhere close to my age, you remember, especially because we couldn't check celebrity news on our iPhones. We didn't have them yet. We had to go home, and I did this every single day after school in 2005 without fail. We had to go home, check the computer, log on to the internet, which took a minute, <laughs> and check these celebrity websites. My favorite was Oh No They Didn't, which is actually a live journal community that still exists to this day. Yeah, I'm going there. I'm, I'm going there. Live journal. I just said the word live journal, okay? <laughs> that was my favorite site. But of course, it was X17 as well, Perez Hilton, Just Jared. I mean, the list goes on, right? Lindsay was one of the most reported on and sought after celebrities of all time. In 2005 is really the year where everything started shifting in kind of a negative way for Lindsay. Lindsay really had an advantage over all of these other starlets that we were obsessed with. Paris and Nicole, for instance, who Lindsay hung out with many, many times throughout this year and was photographed with many, many times. She had this advantage of being a genuine, bona fide movie star since she was 11 years old. And not just any movies, but genuinely great movies that people still watch to this day and still love her in. So she was kind of on another level, yet through her partying, going out all the time, the weight loss, dyeing her hair, and all this stuff, she started becoming associated more with that party girl, celebutante image and lifestyle, which is really a shame because Lindsay was and is so genuinely talented. And I'm not saying anything against people like Paris and Nicole. They have their place in the world of celebrity. Like, they belonged too. But I think that people started to see Lindsay as more of a tabloid fixture. And she contributed personally to a lot of that, to be honest. She was actually really upfront about that. She would even say in a lot of interviews, like, yeah, the paparazzi is annoying, but you want to be photographed. You want to have your picture taken because if you're not getting your picture taken, then nobody cares about you. And that means your career is not really working out. So in some ways, I hate this 
attention, but in other ways I like it. And I actually really love her for being honest about that because one of my pet peeves about celebrities is when they act like they just don't want any attention and they're just artists and they don't want to be famous at all. It's like, well, if you don't want to be famous at all, go to the West End in London and do some plays or go to Chicago and do some plays or something like that. You do not have to be a movie star. (laughs) No one's forcing you to do this. So I really liked her honesty there. But then there's also this other level of it that's not her fault at all, which is her parents and all of the turmoil that they were going through, which is going to become public no matter what because Lindsay's an A-list celebrity at this point. But also, unfortunately, her father was holding public press conferences this whole year talking about these very personal issues, Lindsay's upbringing, their divorce, and all of these things that are just so uncalled for. So I really do have a lot of sympathy for Lindsay. And I think that it's incredibly understandable that she would turn to partying and drugs and alcohol to cope with all of this because not only is she dealing with major, major family turmoil, but everybody is watching it and she has to comment on it. Every time she goes to promote another one of her projects, which undoubtedly we know she worked hard since she was a little girl. She worked really hard on these projects and she turned out amazing movie after amazing movie. She's on TV trying to get people to go see this movie And she has these journalists saying, well, what about your father? Have you spoken to him? And things like that. So I really empathize with Lindsay, but I also think she played a lot into her new image. And I think she did contribute to a lot of it. And I think that she could have made some better choices and decisions that would have led to her career going in a more positive direction. So we love Lindsay, but you know, nobody's perfect. And as always, I do want to focus more on her work and the good things that she did this year but I do think that this is where we kind of start to pivot away from serious respected actress in Hollywood to tabloid star and that's unfortunate but hey we know Lindsay's doing a lot better today so I kind of feel like I can report on this without it being really depressing and sad that said before I get into this crazy year of Lindsay's life I do want to remind you all that the Ashley and Jessica cast is on Patreon so if you would like some bonus episodes go to patreon.com slash Ashley and Jessica cast it's five dollars a month you can cancel anytime online and I just want to give an extra special thank you to my Patreon subscribers I love you guys so much and I appreciate your support more than I could ever say Also, I want to remind you, obviously, this is Lindsay part six. So there have been five parts before this. And this is a whole complete story about Lindsay's life. So you want to start at the very first episode and work your way up to this one. So please go back and listen to the others if this is your first one. Welcome. And without further ado, let's get into 2005. So Lindsay rang in 2005 in the middle of Times Square where she performed her hit single Rumors at MTV's Iced Out New Year's celebration. And oh my gosh, this just made me so nostalgic to watch this because she also co-hosted. So if you go to YouTube, there's some clips of her with Caduce. Who remembers Caduce? I mean, like, Caduce is one of those people that's just, like, lodged into my childhood memory. And Vanessa Manillo. And she's there with Ja Rule, who, by the way, I met when I was working at Urban Outfitters. If you work at Urban Outfitters in New Jersey, you meet a lot of celebrities, like, Kevin Jonas and Chris Rock, Amanda Bynes. I met Amanda Bynes when she had the full, like, 
platinum wig on that era of her life that's that's a whole other story guys I'm not even gonna get into that one but it was just the most nostalgic like clip that I've ever seen so please go watch it our co-host Lindsay Lohan who just set things off with a live performance out here oh. how did you feel it was amazing it was so cool I never thought that I'd be doing that so I just went for it I had fun yeah what was the energy of the crowd like to perform in front of amazing it's nerve-wracking at first because we were waiting there for a little bit and I was like can we go can we go can we go uh -huh. and I got so out of breath because I was singing so much and trying to dance and move confetti was, was flying in your face I know it went in my mouth I'm like pulling it out have you ever been in the middle of a crowd like this before no I've never been in Times Square for New, for New Year's Eve all right nice we'll take it all in I really love Lindsay's performance of Rumors. It's honestly one of the better ones, I think. I talked about in the last episode how Lindsay, her live performances really were not up to snuff. And so she ended up lip syncing a lot of the time. And when she didn't lip sync, she didn't sound amazing. And I personally attribute that to the fact that you know, we talked about this in the past. Tommy Mottola and her mom really kind of forced her to get this album out, Speak, I'm talking about, as quickly as possible. And she was shooting Herbie at the same time. She was shooting a guest appearance on that 70s show. She was doing all kinds of promotional appearances and things like that. She ended up hospitalized. So she really didn't have time to like hone her craft and get her voice up to snuff the way that it really should have been before she went out with an album like this to promote it but in this performance you can clearly hear they are playing a backing track and you can very clearly hear that but you also hear Lindsay's voice over it so she is singing the same they're like the same volume the backing track and her voice maybe her voice is a little bit louder and she sounds pretty good like I don't even I don't even think they really needed the backing track because they have like background singers and stuff I think maybe they they should have just been like okay just sing but <laughs> It's still a good performance. I actually really enjoy it. So go watch that and watch the hosting clips. It's amazing. After that, Lindsay flew to South Beach where she partied with celebrities like Paris and Nikki Hilton, Jessica Alba, Timbaland, Chloe Sevigny, Fergie. I mean, just like so many of the hot people of the time. And after that, Lindsay actually took a break for once. She was spending time with her family, particularly her mother. And on January 18th, 2005, Dina filed for divorce from Michael. This is not the first time she filed, but this is the first time that she went through with it. Their divorce ended up being finalized at the end of the year. A rep for Lindsay told People Magazine, Lindsay supports her mother's decision. Very, very simple, straight to the point statement. And Dina put an order of protection out against her husband, Michael, and said, I want this to move quickly. I wish him the best, and I just want to move on. She got the order of protection because the year prior, I think I talked about this in one of the episodes about 2004, there had been a fist fight between Michael and Dina's brother uh, during a family party. So Dina wanted him to stay away from her and her family. Very understandable. Michael commented also to People Magazine and said, I feel great. Now the truth will finally come out with regard to Dina, her family, my relationship with Lindsay, and what it is and was. So Michael's always kind of making these like statements where he doesn't say specifically what his problem is with something, but he just like alludes to the fact that all of this stuff is going to come out. And it's like, what are you even talking about, dude? Just say it. So in February, Lindsay actually threatened legal action against any publications that were going to report 
what her father Michael was saying to the press because like I said he was just going off this whole year like he would hold entire press conferences whether it was like he actually would like rent out a place and have them in you know a banquet room of a hotel or he would just like do it on the street like he would literally just like invite paparazzi and talk on the street into the camera and say what he was going to do and all of these kinds of things so the smoking gun reports that Lohan's attorney John Lavely warned that the publication of Michael Lohan's malicious false and outrageous statements about the young star and her mother Dina would expose any news outlets to liability and a substantial damage verdict. Basically what Lindsay's saying here is like, yes, I know that people are going to report on my parents' divorce, but do not repeat any of these insane statements that my father is saying. Basically she's saying, I'm going to sue you if you re- post these lies that he's telling like yes you can report on it in general but do not repeat the things that he's saying because he's talking crap to the press constantly about her and her mother so she just doesn't want anybody to report on that which obviously like did she actually stop them from doing that no but I think that this was more a bid to the public like she's saying I'm with my mom I'm on her side please do not listen to my father I am not speaking with him. I will sue anybody who tries to report these lies. And I really don't blame her because the day before he had actually had one of these press conferences and announced that he was seeking $3 million annually in alimony from Dina, which it makes sense that he would go after some amount of alimony because she was the more wealthy party in the divorce. But he also asked for half of all the money that Dina made from managing Lindsay, which like I don't know exactly what the divorce laws are in New York where they were married, but I I mean, I know it's complicated with marriages, but like does he deserve half of everything that um, Dina made? No, I don't think so because he wasn't around. Like that's what Lindsay and and Dina have both stated. All of their stories always match up. You know, people talk about Dina like she's some crazy, like off the handle stage mom. And a lot of what I've read, like she's really not like that. I think that like Michael and like Lindsay, she struggles with substance abuse issues. And so sometimes, yes, she has erratic behavior. She makes bad choices. She does wrong things sometimes. But by all accounts regarding like Lindsay, her uh, her brothers and her sister, they all love her mother so much and they have taken her side in all of this. And Lindsay has made many statements and I will quote her when I report on an article that she or an interview that she did with W Magazine later this year where she says, you know, my father was not around like my mother did everything. I really do not blame her for being really upset that he's trying to get all of this money from them because really I think when you're mother is your manager you kind of consider it to be all both of your money it's very much like Lindsay and her mother united against her father and that's an impossible thing to go through in life but it's especially impossible to go through when you're a movie star and people are reporting on it not to get too personal but my parents constantly put me in the middle of their arguments and they always have and 
they always will and the only way I can make it stop is if I stop talking to them which I'm not willing to do because we're all very very close and I love them dearly but they do this all the time and I cannot like when I tell you I cannot fathom if I had to talk about it on the Today Show when I'm just trying to promote a movie I'm doing I mean it's really insane and that's why I'm asking all of you guys please have empathy for Lindsay and don't just make fun of her and laugh at all of these crazy family dramas and make a joke out of it because it's really not funny so in February Lindsay starts filming Just My Luck in New York City and New Orleans she gets a huge pay raise for this movie I think that she got like 1 million for Mean Girls maybe a little bit more but she jumps up to 7.5 million dollars for this role this is a big studio comedy and this is meant to transition Lindsay into more adult roles like rom-coms where she's playing college age or older as opposed to teen roles and she really makes it a point this year to talk about how she is moving up (laughs) in the dramatic movie world like she does not want to just be thought of as this teen comedy queen even though That's what a lot of people wanted her to continue doing because she was so successful at it, including her agents. She actually fired the Endeavor agency that were her agents, I believe, from around the time she was in The Parent Trap. She fired them after doing Herbie Fully Loaded. Apparently, there were some disputes between her and them. My impression of it is that her agents at Endeavor wanted her to stay in line with like the Disney movies, the family movies, and then upgrade a little bit to like a little bit older roles but still stay very mainstream comedy more things that are like a little bit edgy like mean girls but not too far across the line they don't want to alienate her younger fans they don't want to differentiate her too much from her previous image and Lindsay, on the other hand wants a complete image overhaul she wants to be taken seriously as an actress she sees her peers like Evan Rachel Wood and Scarlett Johansson and she wants to do indie movies with esteemed actors and actresses and directors that have been around for decades she really wants to be in that more respected area of Hollywood and she does end up taking some independent films about more serious topics they don't exactly launch her into this area that she wants to go in But I think her behavior with the partying and going out all the time with Paris and Nicole and doing things like that, I think really contradicted the career choices that she was making. So her agents at Endeavor were like, you better pull it back and you better keep your personal life out of the press. And Lindsay didn't want to hear that. You know, she's on top of the world. She's a movie star. She's rich. She's gorgeous. She's young. She feels like she can do anything she wants and it'll never disappear and nothing will ever go wrong. And so she doesn't really want to be told what to do like that. And she ends up leaving Endeavor and signing with CAA. And apparently they were more in line to just let her do whatever the hell she wanted. But one thing that I don't like about Endeavor is they were very much pushing her to work constantly. And Lindsay just kept saying like, I don't want to work all the time. I'm tired. Like she had ended up hospitalized. So of course she wants to change things. It's kind of like she wants to have her cake and eat it too. And these people at Endeavor are trying to guide her while also being like typical Hollywood agents who are like, hey, we need to strike while the iron is hot. You're going to keep making these family movies. You're going to keep making these comedies. You're going to work constantly. You're never going to stop. And that's what we want. And that is not what Lindsay wanted so she ended up switching over to CAA and they got her this huge pay raise to 7.5 million dollars for one movie I mean can you imagine that was really huge for Lindsay and it showed that 
the studio, the director, everybody behind this movie really believed in her and they wanted to put her on that pedestal of being this major movie star that can command this much money. And this was really only the beginning. I mean, I think that they were trying to put her on like a Julia Roberts course where she would eventually be making $20 million a movie. And this was a huge jump, so she was well on her way at this time. On February 20th, 2005, Michael Lohan was involved with a catastrophic car crash like a movie type of car crash the fact that he walked away with minor injuries is so 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 lucky so he was driving under the influence he rammed his friend's car into a telephone pole which caused the power lines to pull out and start this huge fire and then not only did he knock one telephone pole down but it started this domino effect and two more poles fell over in this huge fireball and somehow he survives this and he ends up going to the hospital he's treated for minor injuries and then he's taken to jail and he's bailed out for twenty thousand dollars now whose money do we think paid for him to be bailed out (laughs) you know like not hard to put two and two together here he should be thanking Lindsay, not talking about her in the press so Michael later claims that the reason that he drove drunk in his friend's car is because he was trying to get to the airport because he had gotten a call that Lindsay was in New Orleans and she overdosed on cocaine he's quoted as saying one of her assistants had given her the drug I was so angry I got a gun from the house and planned to go to New Orleans to kill him I couldn't believe what had happened to my daughter. I was just so angry. So Michael ends up going to prison over this. He's the only person that claims that this happened, that Lindsay overdosed on cocaine during the filming of Just My Luck. Some fans of hers consider this to be fact. Others consider it to be ridiculous. Lindsay did miss a day on the set of Just My Luck because she, quote, got sick and they were waiting for her on the set and they were like waiting to hear from her doctor waiting to hear from her doctor is Lindsay able to work or not and then her doctor ended up saying no and Lindsay went to the hospital and was in the hospital for the day but she was released at night and then she actually did this scheduled interview with W Magazine in her hotel room and they said she seemed fine so do I think that she overdosed on cocaine the night before and just needed a little bit of R&R in the hospital during the day before doing this interview I don't know stranger things have happened I mean this is when she was really losing a lot of weight rapidly like she had already started to get pretty skinny at the end of 2004 but in 2005 like the first few months of it that's when she really dropped a lot of weight very fast and do I think it could have been due to cocaine of course I'm sure she was probably doing cocaine but did she overdose I mean that's obviously a huge event I would think that she would be out of work for more than a day if she overdosed on cocaine but this is like crazy Lindsay Lohan era like she also was really young would it would it be unheard of for somebody to OD on cocaine and be back to work the next day Not really. I mean, this is that time in her life where she really was just going, 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 burning the candle at both ends, working insanely hard and playing insanely hard. So as much as I think that Michael is a liar and has made up a lot of things and he could have just been using this story to try to gain the public's favor and say, hey, look, I'm just a caring dad. I had to get to my daughter. She was in the hospital. She had just overdosed on cocaine. What was I to do? I had to drive drunk. I had to go after her. I had to save her. And it's like, I don't know, it could very easily be a lie, but it's not that far-fetched at all, right? Especially if she's 
the kind of person that when we know she is that just works 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 and doesn't take time the time that she needs cocaine is famous for keeping people going I mean all you ever hear about from celebrities from the 80s is like well you know how do you think we kept going in those days we did coke it was so normal it was everywhere it was on the table at business meetings it you know it was everywhere and this is far past the 80s but coke was really popular in Hollywood around this time and we know Paris and Nicole were doing it constantly I mean there's even rumors that Jessica and Ashley were doing a lot of cocaine and those are supposed to be like the so-called good girls of of the celebrity world of the time so like it was everywhere and I don't know I think that it's completely logical that she did but I also wouldn't be surprised if Michael's lying so I don't know. Do your own research. Come to your own conclusion. Let me know what you think. Either way, Lindsay seemed to be okay. <laughs> she went back to work on the movie. And we'll talk about Just My Luck when we get to the part of her story where that film comes out in 2006. So one of the reasons why I think that she maybe did not overdose on coke is that on February 21st, so Michael crashed on February 20th, and this is February 21st, Lindsay was back in New York for the third annual TRL Awards. And and this is where people really start to notice that she's too skinny, but she doesn't look that different yet because she still has her red hair at this point because she needs it while she's filming Just My Luck. And this is also where Lindsay really starts trying to be a fashionista. Like it was a major thing around this time that it wasn't just that you were known for whatever work you were doing. There was this whole other aspect of fame where you would become a fashion icon and a lot of people were working with Rachel Zoe including Nicole Richie apparently Nicole is the one that introduced Lindsay to Rachel Zoe and this boho chic look was very very popular so it was Nicole it was Paris a little bit but Paris really always kind of had her own like very trendy style she sometimes would go boho but she sometimes would go the complete opposite direction it was really Nicole Richie it was Misha Barton Nikki Hilton and of course Lindsay they all had this very boho chic style but to me the queen of it was really Mary Kate Olsen and Ashley a little bit too but Ashley still was a little bit more preppy and trendy she would sometimes incorporate boho pieces but it was really Mary Kate and I cannot tell you how many times in 2005 I tried to look like Mary Kate Olsen I desperately tried to look like Mary Kate Olsen I would literally go to these little shops and try to find the most boho items the gigantic sunglasses the long flowy skirts the oversized tops with like tight little belts and big beaded jewelry and big earrings and just the hair in this like messy curly loose wavy I'm just this like chill girl I woke up like this kind of thing the huge bag the coffee cup I mean it was just it was everything and Lindsay very very much wanted to align herself with that type of fame. She wanted to be that fashionista and so at the TRL Awards she actually does a costume change like she acts like this is the Oscars it's the TRL Awards the third annual TRL Awards and at first Lindsay appears in a very casual looking outfit like a sequin black blazer with black pants and her hair pulled back in a like newsboy cap and then she changes into this lacy rose gold dress with her hair her beautiful red hair down and curled and that's more of a fancy upscale look so by doing things like this I think she was trying to establish herself as a fashion star and she was also nominated for best host 
because she had hosted the MTV Movie Awards the year before, Homecoming Queen, which I don't even know what award that is, and then First Lady of TRL, which she won. Congratulations, Lindsay. On being the first lady of TRL, Britney Spears had won that first one. Do you guys remember? Britney was doing the boho look before everybody. She had in 2003, remember when she won and she had that like ripped sweater on with the really low rise boho like cream colored skirt and icon. That outfit only would have looked good on Britney, by the way. I'm happy nobody tried to copy that, at least not that I know of. So March was another busy month for Lindsay. She continued filming Just My Luck. This is when she gets her famous La Bella Vita back tattoo, and it's when A Prairie Home Companion is announced. So this is the first of a string of like smaller indie films that Lindsay does to try to gain some Hollywood cred. Now, Robert Altman, I believe this was his last film or one of his last films, he was an older director who had been working for decades in Hollywood, very well-respected, iconic director, and Meryl Streep was one of the stars of this movie. Lindsay also got to sing in this film as well, so it was kind of blending this new venture of her being a singer with the actress that everybody knows. And this was a huge, huge deal for Lindsay to be cast in this movie, playing Meryl Streep's daughter. It was really an important move to make in her career however while this is being reported on her dad is still making all these ridiculous comments to the press he's saying that any publicity is good publicity and he tells them that he's not hurting his daughter's career by talking to the press all the time he's saying I'm helping her because hey all publicity is good and so anytime I talk to the press and her name comes up it's actually good for her and he couldn't have been more wrong I mean here Lindsay is trying to be a little bit smarter about the projects that she takes and trying to move into a different space in Hollywood and she can't just have her career be at the forefront of the news it has to be oh look what's going on with her crazy family again and I just think that that's so unfortunate and really upsetting for Lindsay which of course just leads to more partying so there were a lot of rumors around this time about who Lindsay was dating she was seen out with Wilmer um, they went to SNL together to go see Ashton Kutcher host and then they went to the SNL after party and multiple clubs like they went clubbing together all night and apparently hung out a lot of other times around that period and Lindsay was also rumored to be dating Bruce Willis now it was reported in the mainstream media she even mentions it when she hosts SNL later in the year but there are a lot of blind items about it and I'm not the kind of person that like takes blind items seriously I mean I basically consider it to be like any other type of gossip like some of them are true some of them are completely made up some of them are half true and it's anybody's guess which are true and which are not but there's just a lot of blind items about her and Bruce Willis and maybe it's just a ridiculous rumor but she did go to his premiere of the movie Hostage which like kind of a random thing for her to go to if she's not dating him and her spokesperson commented and said she is not interested in Bruce Willis in any way but as the producer of her next film. Bruce Willis representative makes a comment as well and says he met Lindsay for the first time at the Hostage launch party and is certainly not dating her. Now I don't know what movie she was supposed to make with him but she didn't end up making a movie with him she was in talks 
to do Mission Impossible 3 with Tom Cruise around this time. She even told some press outlets that she was officially doing the movie before she even signed on and she used the movie as an excuse for why she was so skinny. She was saying that she was training to do Mission Impossible 3 and that didn't end up happening. A lot of people speculated that Tom and the producers in the studio didn't want to be associated with all of Lindsay's tabloid drama at the time. Lindsay said that she didn't end up doing the movie because it was just a huge commitment. She would have had to go to Shanghai for months to film it and you know making a Mission Impossible movie really is a big undertaking and I don't think that she necessarily had to do that at that point in her career or go in that direction who knows if it would have been great for her career or not but obviously it was a hugely successful film so I don't think it could have hurt her but it just didn't end up working out Now, she was also rumored to be dating Christian Slater, and he did visit the set of Just My Luck in late March, but so did Anne Hathaway, so I guess take that with a grain of salt. Maybe she was dating Anne, too. Who knows? But uh, Lindsay Lohan's rep actually made a statement and said, as far as I know, Christian Slater did not visit Lindsay in her trailer. He said hello to her, but I was told he was visiting the head of photography. So basically, he was photographed on the set, and I've seen these photos. He was there, but... The tabloids turned this into, oh, he went into Lindsay's trailer and they hooked up and then she continued filming, which like, I don't know how much that actually happens on movie sets that people are like literally hooking up in trailers. It's just movie sets are so busy. I mean, you do have you do have a decent amount of downtime, so who knows? But that's what the tabloid said, that they were hooking up and. Her rep is like, nothing was going on. He wasn't even there to see her. So as soon as Lindsay finishes up filming Just My Luck in mid-April, she dyes her hair blonde. And she says that she does this because she wants to look more like Meryl Streep because she's playing Meryl Streep's daughter in A Prairie Home Companion. I I mean, you've got this new look. I do. Yeah, what's what's behind that? What inspired Uh, you? It's for a film. Um, It's for a Robert Altman film, Prairie Home Companion. I play Meryl Streep's daughter, so. Mm -hmm. I actually haven't seen her recently. Mm-hmm. Um, but her hair, I wanted to go lighter just to, you know, look more similar to her. This is when people really start noticing her weight loss because it's not just her body or her hair. It's like the combination of it made her look like she was changing all of her unique features to fit more into this Hollywood mold of pin thin blonde Lindsay was unique looking like she was gorgeous but she didn't look like every other Hollywood starlet she had this beautiful fiery red hair and freckles and a curvy body and naturally bigger chest and even though you're probably thinking well like it's not like she was that diverse she was still this gorgeous young white woman like how different could it be but at this point Hollywood was still very much favoring the skinniest of the skinny I mean Mary Kate and Ashley were a big part of that too you know Brittany and Christina for years were famous for being these like beautiful skinny blondes wearing belly shirts and Jessica Simpson and Mandy Moore followed followed suit and they had to act exactly like Britney and Christina because that look was so popular. I mean, I grew up in it and I was so sad when Lindsay became a double zero or whatever size she was because I really looked up to Lindsay. I've always been naturally curvy. I've talked about it before in Jessica episodes. I got my boobs in like third grade. So I completely relate to all those stories of Jessica being made fun of because she had a larger chest. I mean, people, girls used to throw toilet paper at me and say, here, keep stuffing your bra. And I was like, I I don't stuff my bra. These are real. Like, I can't help it. I just, this is the way I am. Like, why can't you just be nice? And so when Lindsay lost all that weight, it was kind of like 
she, you know, I felt like we were on the same body team and, and she left, she left us curvier girls in the dust and she became a Paris Hilton type clone. And, you know, people should do whatever they want with their bodies. But as some, as a young girl who looked up to her, it was kind of sad because it seemed like all of the features that made her uniquely beautiful were gone. People even claimed that she was getting her freckles lasered off, which I don't think was true. I think she was just covering them with makeup. I mean, you could see them sometimes. But she was just so pin thin, and she got thinner and thinner. And she was hanging out with Nicole Richie all the time. And I think, again, like that really contributed to her being seen as more of a celebutante socialite rather than a serious actress. And nothing against Nicole Richie. I, I think Nicole's great. And I loved her at the time because I loved The Simple Life and I loved her crazy fun personality. And I loved how she was morphing into this fashionista. But Nicole Richie and Paris, who Lindsay also hung out with a lot this year, they're famous for being the daughters of other famous people and for acting silly on a reality show. They weren't bona fide movie stars giving this amazing dual performance at 11 years old like Lindsay Lohan. And I'm not saying that like Lindsay shouldn't hang out with them because she's better than them or something. But did she need to be photographed with them all the time? You know what I mean? Like that became part of her image. She was with Nicole constantly. I mean, it was like they would go out to dinner at night. They would get sushi. Then they would go to a club. Then they would go to another club. Then they would like wake up the next day and be seen getting coffee or lunch or out shopping. Then they would do like a daytime event they'd be photographed at, you know, and it was just like, do you have to be photographed with this person who's also known for being in the tabloids and, you know, just being more of a celebrity rather than a actual performer no I don't think that you do need to be out with this person all the time and it was like every time we saw them they just got skinnier and skinnier and skinnier and it caused constant speculation about eating disorders and drugs that was all anybody ever talked about it was no longer about Lindsay this amazing actress it was Lindsay oh she's out partying again she's in trouble again oh her dad is making a comment again oh her mom's crazy oh is Lindsay drunk is Lindsay eating what's going on with Lindsay is she okay why is she blonde like it was just constant talk about things that didn't really have anything to do with her as a performer and that was just kind of sad so Lindsay is on the cover of W Magazine in April 2005 and W Magazine used to be really like a big deal when a celebrity would do it. It was an incredibly respected, very high fashion magazine and Lindsay got very, very, very candid in this interview. This is the one that she did after supposedly overdosing on cocaine or whatever. We don't know what actually happened. Maybe she just genuinely was sick. But people on the set told this journalist, Robert Haskell, who did this interview with, with her for W, they told him that Lindsay was getting a chest x-ray and he's never really clear about what happened. He doesn't report on what they actually told her as to why she missed the day of filming. He just kind of moves on, which makes me think that maybe it was a cocaine overdose because why wouldn't he just say even some canned response of like, oh yeah, Lindsay just was tired or something. She was just exhausted. That's why she went to the hospital. So the last we hear is that she had a chest x-ray and he describes her in her New Orleans hotel suite that evening as being smiling. He says she has a heart-shaped freckle face with giant gleaming eyes. He says 
her body language has an astonishing warmth to it and it doesn't seem like she just returned from the hospital she seems completely fine so that makes me feel like she didn't OD it's like I just can't make a decision on this it's either option seems believable to me so in this interview Lindsay very candidly disputes the things that her father said he had made this comment basically saying that he deserves half of everything Dina made from managing Lindsay because he gave them everything he gave them fur coats and cars and all of these beautiful things and gave them all these wonderful opportunities and Lindsay actually said the opposite she says I think I should have a press conference he didn't do anything for my career except go out and not come home at night and make my mom and me stay up and wonder where he was and then show up three days later so I don't think he deserves anything he doesn't even deserve my respect I didn't even know about the press conference actually. I've asked everyone who works with me to not tell me anything because I'm trying to focus on my job. And I already have people saying I'm dancing on tables at bars where there aren't even any tables. So I don't know how that's physically possible. And then people around the set are like, well, maybe you're sick because you're going out too much. So I have enough to deal with. Oh, but I did hear that my dad was suing me for alimony. And I'm like, I was never married to you. So what is it for? Abandonment? And it's just crazy, again, how candid that she's being. And she acknowledges this. She says, I'm the type of person who doesn't really hide anything. I go to clubs and everything. And if I hang out with Paris Hilton, I don't think that's a bad thing. She's a nice girl. I relieve my stress by going out and having fun. Some people may go and take a yoga class, but people don't care about that. I'll be in LA and if I drive to the gym, they take that picture, but they never use it because that doesn't sell. People like the drama. That's kind of what Hollywood's become in a way, as sad as it is, especially for younger girls. I've already said this. I think Lindsay was contributing a lot to her image. I think she was going out and partying a lot. Was she going out as much as they said? Who knows? But she still was going out a lot. Like if she was even going out half of the amount that the tabloids claim she was, that's still a lot, especially when you have a very, very grueling, constant work schedule. She also talks about how because of her weight and this was when when this interview went on this was not even as skinny as she got but she says that she went to the doctor and he was like are you anorexic are you making yourself throw up are drugs involved and I was like are you saying this because you've read it in magazines because I don't do that. People lose weight when they grow up, she says. They lose their baby fat. But you know, I'm around girls, even in the movies that are like, I don't feel good. I just ate a lot. I'm going to go throw up. Like at the Vanity Fair shoot of all the young stars, no one ate. I was going straight to the pasta and then the other girls were eating salad. And I'm the one who people say that about. So she's talking about that famous It's Totally Raining Teens cover shoot from Vanity Fair and she's claiming none of them ate except for her. And as someone who is not a superstar but has worked on many, many sets and is an actress and is around other actresses, I can confirm that you get the best food when you're on set and the best snacks. And it's so funny because most of the act actresses and actors, by the way, it's not just the women that do this. They don't eat anything. And I always, I cannot resist free food. I'm sorry. I can't. I'm pretty good with staying healthy. But when I'm on set, you guys, I eat everything in sight. And I think it's so funny, especially in the morning when they have like the breakfast spread out. And then on top of all of the breakfast food, they have like scones and muffins and croissants. And, I, and I'm piling my plate <laughs> and I'm eating it all. And the other actors are looking at me like, are you crazy? How can you do that? And I'm like, I don't care. It's free food. So I could totally see Lindsay doing that as well. But remember, this is a couple years before. This is when she still had like her curvy body. So she could afford to have pasta here and there. But if she wants to stay in this Nicole and Paris and Mary Kate body, very skinny, 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 you know, you can't do that anymore. 
And we found out later when she does admit, like a year or so later, she does admit that she had eating disorder issues. And she later admits that, you know, she was using drugs and she has done cocaine and all of that kind of stuff. So all of that was actually true. And she's sitting here vehemently denying it and saying the doctor's saying it to her. And I'm like, I don't think the doctor was saying that to you because of the tabloids. I think he was saying that because he's a doctor and he was examining you and he could clearly see that something was going on. But it's all good, Lindsay. We still love you. She also commented on all the dating rumors and says, people say I meet all these older men and sleep with them. That's disgusting. God knows where all these guys in this business have been. They should start picking on them a little more. And honestly, she's right. Why do men never get picked on for these things? People don't talk trash about Bruce Willis and Christian Slater for going after an 18-year-old girl if they were in fact doing that. But they talk about Lindsay like she's a whore. It's ridiculous. However, at this time, even though the tide was starting to turn to a more negative direction in terms of what people were saying about Lindsay, there was still a lot of belief in her. And so the director of Herbie Fully Loaded, Angela Robinson, described Lindsay as a genius and said, stepping into a role is effortless for her. I get really upset when I read this stuff about bad behavior. I was there and I can tell you that she works incredibly hard. She'd be recording songs in her trailer in between takes. So we already knew that. But the thing with Lindsay, I think what I said before is really true. Like she worked hard and played hard. Everybody that says, oh, she's such a hard worker. She's so talented. Those people are right. But the people that also say, oh, she showed up late. She was drunk. Those people are right too. And I think it's like, Human beings are complicated and all of these sides of her actually really did exist. It wasn't one or the other. She tells W Magazine that her main ambition for the next year of her life is to polish her acting chops. She says, the stuff that I've been doing, I haven't been able to really act yet, she says, waving off the terrific reviews that she has consistently received in comedic roles. I feel better when I'm in a crying scene or I'm fighting with someone or I'm really upset. With movies now, it's easy for a girl to dumb herself down or look ugly or be naked or be a lesbian or gain weight. Those are the ones that win Oscars. The only one who didn't have to do that was Julia Roberts, and she never took her clothes off. So this was a period of time where Lindsay was very staunchly saying that she would not be naked in a movie. She would not have a crazy sex scene or anything like that. Everything had to be very tasteful. And of course, she did end up having nude scenes later on in her career. And she also said she wouldn't appear in Playboy, but she later ended up appearing in Playboy. And that's okay. People can change their minds. It's not a big deal. But she was very staunchly kind of trying to toe the line between, oh, I don't want to alienate my younger fans, but I also don't want to keep doing these Disney movies. And honestly, it's interesting that she came out with Herbie Fully Loaded after Mean Girls because I don't think that she needed to do this movie. And I think that it's very telling that she left her agency as soon as Herbie finished filming because I feel like that was her last obligation with them and then she wanted to move on we're going to talk about Herbie fully loaded it's fine it's okay it's cute it's entertaining but I just it's not that great of a movie it's just average really and I think it was nowhere near as good as her other collaborations with Disney it just wasn't up on that level it was a cute funny movie but nothing more and I think that after Mean Girls, what a smarter move would have been was to keep moving her in that edgier direction. And instead, she went backwards and did another Disney remake. And it was just kind of like, okay, this is like paint by numbers for her at this point. Is her performance in Herbie Fully Loaded good? Of course it is, because she had already 
done all these other Disney movies and she was kind of just like painting by numbers at this point. I think the smarter move and what her agent should have done was say no to Disney at this point and keep working with Tina Fey. You know, what else is she working on? What kind of edgy comedy can we put Lindsay in? You know, if she wants to move up to college roles, fine. Then give her a role where she's in college, but it's just a little bit more adult and interesting and quirky or funny or weird or, or something because Mean Girls is one of those movies that like yes it's incredibly popular in the mainstream but there's also just some weird moments in it and non sequiturs and just things that people really ended up connecting to because it was different. Kirby Fully Loaded is a, a cookie cutter live action Disney remake you know it didn't have a script that was as sharp as Freaky Friday or as touching as The Parent Trap. It, it kind of more feels like a Disney Channel original movie to me. Like it just doesn't stand out in very many ways for me personally. I rewatched it uh, about a month ago for this podcast and I was just like, oh, this is fine, this is cute, but I'm not going to have any desire to turn it on again in the near future. On May 1st, 2005, Lindsay actually had a very big win for her career and she had a dream of hers come true. She had said many times that Anne Margaret, the old Hollywood star, was one of her biggest inspirations and she actually was presented with an award by Anne Margaret at the 7th Annual Young Hollywood Awards. It's sponsored by Movie Lines Hollywood Life magazine and recognizes the performances of Hollywood's younger generation. Lindsay received the Today's Superstar Award. Oh dear, I think it was George Bernard Shaw that said youth is wasted on the young. That's just another way of saying that uh, young people are not smart enough or aware enough to take advantage of their youth. But you know what, folks? They never met Lindsay Lohan. But she is a loving daughter, sister, granddaughter, who knows the importance of family. And I'm thrilled to be able to introduce and give the award to Miss Lindsay Lohan. Your hair is a different color. Oh my gosh! Can I just say, Aunt Margaret, everyone? And she's still hot. <laughs> thank you so much. I want to thank everyone that's been by my side, my family, and Margaret for being here tonight and presenting me with this award, and Volok and everyone at Hollywood Life for giving me the chance to be on the cover of their magazine. You know, you work really hard to get to a position in life where you can be in a place like this, and you go through a lot of battles, and the paparazzi and the press gets really tough, and your life out there is really hard, but you get through it, and you have amazing people around you, and I want to thank everyone for that. God bless. Thank you. And then, take a deep breath, guys. Hold on tight for this one. Lindsay presented another award, the One to Watch Award, to Jamie Lynn Spears. Just go watch it on YouTube. I'm not, I'm going to jump right over that one. I'm not even going to get into it, but that's what happened. Very soon after that, Lindsay is spotted even more with Nicole Richie. On May 9th, they go to this Cartier event in Beverly Hills and Lindsay's wearing a white dress. Nicole's wearing a purple satin dress. They both look beautiful, but they're very skinny. And Lindsay especially, she just looks so different. I mean, if you just compare like what she looked like in May 2004 to May 2005, it looks like a different person. Blonde, super thin Lindsay looks kind of like curvy redheaded Lindsay's aunt or something. 
thin is in in Hollywood, but have some people gone too far? Hey, everybody, I'm Juliana DePandy. It is hard not to notice the shrinking stars on the red carpet these days. Lindsay and Nicole's new figures are big news, and friends are worried about their alarming weight loss. I think that the pictures tell the story. She's very bony. She doesn't look healthy. She might think she's being healthy, but she doesn't look healthy. Nicole Richie reportedly weighs less than 97 pounds. Could that have anything to do with her gal pal, Lindsay? I think that there is a risk that maybe they're both going too far together, and it might be healthier if they just hung around people who weren't so obsessed with eating so little. I'm not trying to police any woman's looks, but it was just, it was just startling, you know? It was like, how do you not know that you were better than that? You didn't have to do that. And so these photos from this event are used on a famous cover of Us Weekly that said Extreme Diets, where they showed before and after pictures of Lindsay and Nicole, and it says, have they gone too far? In the article, they claim that Lindsay has a 24-inch waist and that Nicole is under 97 pounds. And then the next day, on May 10th, 2005, a very, very famous picture of Lindsay and Nicole is taken. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. The one where they are, like, walking through a parking lot at night and... Lindsay is wearing a red halter dress and Nicole is wearing a purple baggy boho type of dress and I remember when this photo came out they looked just unhealthily skinny and it really is just a bad angle like they looked skinny the night before but the the pictures from the night before at the Cartier event are just much more flattering and they look they look skinny but they don't look like they're dying and in this picture from the very next night like they just look so I remember Kathy Griffin making a joke about it and saying that Paris, Lindsay, and Nicole were like all limbs. They looked like centipedes because all you see are these long skinny limbs flying out everywhere when they're walking down the street together and that really was what it looked like. They just looked dangerously thin and I will never forget I remember when these pictures were posted to the internet because the internet went crazy and young girls like me are seeing this and it's really messing with our heads you know still to this day there's part of me that wants to be like that and I know that that's so messed up because and I don't actually want to be like that like if I think about it I'm like no I don't actually want to look like that I like my curvier frame I like more like the Marilyn Monroe type of body that I've always had but there's something about it that just makes young women feel inadequate that they're not that skinny and I think that's probably how Lindsay felt you know she probably saw a photo or two where her curvier frame you know maybe looked a little bit heavy even though she wasn't and she just thought I need to starve myself now and I I don't ever want to see a picture of myself again where I look heavy I want to look so thin that there's no possible way I could look heavy and she achieved it I remember people commenting on this and saying that they looked like starvation victims like they looked like those pictures of people that you see during a, a time of famine where they're just so so skinny that it looks like they're sick and that's what people were saying about them this was really the turning point where everybody was like they are on drugs they are too thin they are unhealthy they have eating disorders and that was a major major part of the conversation around Lindsay. There's been so much talk about Lindsay's changing her look, she's getting too thin, she's doing this. You know, does that get to you? I don't feel like I've done anything that is that's endangering myself. I, I've learned that I should be working out more and I should be eating healthier instead of junk food all the time. That's and very sensible. I'm growing up. I'm 19 years old and I'm in the public eye and people are writing about me every day and people are going to look for a reason to try and build me up, take me down, and I'm aware of that. So. No, I really don't care if someone's going to 
if people are going to write things and aren't going to necessarily like what I do. On May 14th, 2005, Lindsay performed at Kiss FM's Wango Tango, and she was also asked at the event about her body and she says I'm happy with my life and I love food I'm just training for a movie that I really want to do that was her referring to Mission Impossible 3 and the reason that I bring up this Wango Tango concert is because she really did a great job performing she sang and I use that word very loosely because she did not sing she lip synced but she performed her song Speak which is my personal favorite from the album Speak and she did first as well. And I'm, I'm not sure what other songs she did, but she definitely did first and speak. And she just gives her all in this performance. Even though it's lip syncing, she really does give a great performance. She's so into it. She's insanely thin. She has bright blonde hair. And her hair also doesn't look healthy. That's the thing too is like when her hair was red, it was so like gorgeous and luscious and it just looked so healthy and when it was blonde it looked like fried and I'm just like she's rich can't her stylist do something about that like add some extensions or something or pieces to fill it out a little bit more and make it look nicer like it looked fried it, it, when she was on SNL too it just looked very thin and just not great but even though she looked really different her energy in this performance to me suggested like there was nothing wrong because she really gives her all in this performance and it shows how much she loves to perform music and it makes me kind of sad that she doesn't do that anymore so I do hope that she comes back with that because if she gives even half of the passion that she's giving in this Wango Tango performance then she will do very well and I think it would be interesting to see her go in that direction again so who knows but go watch her perform at Wango Tango in 2005 because she looks exactly like Dina she doesn't look much like herself she looks like her mother but she really does give a performance packed with energy. Also in May, she released her third and final single off her first album, Speak, which was the song First, and she had actually wanted to release Speak, the song, as a single. She was going to do a video with Frances Lawrence, and when I was talking about the album, I said, why didn't she do that? That would have been so cool but she ended up going with first because they thought that it was more radio friendly and her people and the studio wanted a song that she could tie into the release of Herbie Fully Loaded and speak which is about a relationship where she's kind of begging the other person to speak their mind and reveal it all to her and be themselves that didn't really go along with the movie the song first doesn't go along with it either but I think it's more of a generic type of song that could be associated with a race car movie I guess so she does this music video to help promote the film and the single in tandem. The video is fine. Like it kind of makes me sad though because it's just very much a promotional vehicle, no pun intended, for Herbie. And I wonder what the video would have been if Lindsay had more say in it because the video is just her singing on a stage cut with scenes of race car driving she came up with the concept for her video over which was based on her breakup with Wilmer plus her family issues and that actually ended up being a great video and in my opinion is by far her best music video and this was really just we need you to promote Herbie so you're going to use your music to do that and they didn't really give her a say in it which I think is really sad and she does a fine job in the video performing the song but I actually think that First is a great pop rock song and I think it deserved better. I think if she had been able to do what she wanted with it, it could have actually been a great single for her and I think that's why it failed to chart on the U.S. Uh, hot 100 it wasn't even on the bubbling under hot 100 um, it did pretty well in some other countries but overall this single just 
didn't really make a mark and I don't think that they handled this album speak as well as they could have but that is something that I could say about most of these young women that were making albums in the early 2000s it's hard to name one that was handled properly in my opinion herbie fully loaded wasn't actually released until june 22nd but Lindsay was already promoting it in april and may because this was really the era where with albums and movies people would promote them for months leading up to the release it wasn't like now where things are just kind of dropped and then everybody goes on a bunch of talk shows and promotes it on social media there was really an excitement that built up over time that you really don't see anymore so in may this article was released in the la times and the la times i find often has good interviews with her they start this latest one by saying it's midnight on a soundstage in Downey, California, and teen star Lindsay Lohan is in her trailer crying. The famously redheaded, freckle-faced heroine of such girl empowerment hits as Freaky Friday and Mean Girls is almost recognizable in smeary blue eyeshadow, white pants, a white tank top, and a retro-looking white blonde fringe. After spending more than 12 hours shooting a video, vamping, and breathlessly singing her song first to the co-star of her upcoming movie, a white VW bug named Herbie, she has sprained her ankle. She's in pain, but the discomfort isn't purely physical. She's also upset over how the celebrity media, who have turned Lohan's personal life into a running soap opera, will interpret this latest mishap. The first thing I think of is, somebody is going to say something and it's going to be some story, and that's the last thing I need, Lohan says through sniffles. I'm more afraid of that than anything else. I called my mom and I was bawling. That's so anxiety inducing. <laughs> you have to remember she also has her agents and her manager and her publicist all, all on her back, not just her parents. So many people judging her every move and yelling at her for whatever she does because no matter what she does, if it's anything notable, it's going to end up splattered all over the tabloids. And as I said, yes, she contributes to that a little bit, but a lot of it is also not really her fault. It says, her fears are confirmed less than 48 hours later when an unflattering account of the video shoot hits the internet, posing questions about Lohan's professionalism and her latest romantic entanglement. While the constant tabloid scrutiny has caused Lohan personal stress, it has exacted a separate worry for Walt Disney Studios, which has hitched its summer movie hopes to Lohan's wagon. She stars in Herbie Fully Loaded, the studio's seven years in the making sequel to the 1969 hit The Love Bug. Disney has expectations that Herbie will be one of the summer's family blockbusters when it is released on June 22nd, especially if Lohan's tabloid exploits don't unexpectedly torpedo its prospects. So Disney is a little bit worried about this situation with Lindsay constantly being in the tabloids for being too skinny and on drugs and all of these things. Lindsay actually confesses to the LA Times that Buena Vista motion picture group president Nina Jacobson actually took her aside for a frank talk before Herbie ever even started filming, which it filmed in summer 2004, and asked her to rein in her partying ways. So Disney was already worried about this like back then and she said at the time I was going out every night because my friends were and I thought if I wasn't going out then I was going to miss out on something I have a lot of younger fans too but I didn't think about that I was like 17 and I was like cool I get to go to a club and hang out with people they sat me down and talked to me about it I was like yeah I need to make sure that I'm on time <laughs> They have put a lot of money into the movie, Lohan says, of the $50 million Herbie, and they need to make sure that the person is going to get the job done and be there. I'm a young kid and I have a lot of pressure. I know work is work. This is business. 
so again, as I've said in the past, Lindsay's just blatantly like begging for everybody to get off her ass. She says, I'm a young kid and I have a lot of pressure. She's completely right. I mean, God, there are young people that commit suicide because they have too much pressure just going to college like a normal person. I say that because I've literally seen it happen in my community, my town, my area, like that has happened multiple times. And these are not people that also have the whole world looking at them and have tons of people on their payroll that are relying on them, you know? The amount of pressure I think is massive and I think that the amount of pressure that these stars are under, I think it's a big culprit for what ended up happening with Britney as well. So Nina Jacobson, who had had that talk with Lindsay prior to filming Herbie, was also interviewed for this and they asked her, do you think that the media scrutiny on Lindsay has damaged Herbie's possible box office and she says I don't know I don't know if it helps or hurts but she says that Lindsay could end up being the next Julia Roberts and continues by saying you can like her and root for her and identify with her she has a magnetic quality on screen now Nina had been championing Lindsay since the parent trap because she works for the studio that produced that film so this is someone who's been tied with Lindsay in her career for a long time and now it's getting to the point where she's like I don't know she could end up being Julia or she could end up going in the other direction Lauren Michaels also commented for this article and says she has a quality that makes you trust her there's something honest about her which makes her seem sympathetic and I think that is the perfect description of Lindsay and this charming quality that she has Lindsay says, I always want to be perceived as normal and wholesome because it's relatable. I hope people think I'm wholesome. It's hard after what you read in magazines that I'm dating every guy who's like my father's age, but that's not me. It's interesting because her her behavior wasn't wholesome, actually. (laughs) I think that Lindsay was trying to find herself and she's 19. I mean, I didn't know anything when I was 19. I thought I knew. but I didn't know anything and I just cannot imagine me trying to find myself which I probably didn't do until like five years after that probably. I think I started to find myself and get comfortable with myself around the ages of like 23 and 24 and then by 25 I felt like okay I'm now fully myself I'm living my life I'm doing what I want to do and I get it and I'm doing well and that's when I really felt comfortable in my own skin. I'm not saying Lindsay was on that exact same trajectory, of course, but I think when you're around that age of like 18 to 25, that is just such a vital time in figuring out who you are and what you want in life. And she went through it with wherever she went, being chased and being put under this microscope and having all of these older people in the business put all this pressure on her. I I just really empathize. I really do. And I, I try to give her the benefit of the doubt in all of these episodes. Lindsay also comments on leaving Endeavor for the creative artist agencies. The article states, at least two people close to the situation say that she got upset that Endeavor pressured her about reigning in her personal life. After extravagantly praising her former agents, Lohan explains that that's not the case at all. In fact, she keeps joking that she needs a break. I wanted to go a different route. I don't think they understood that at the time. I don't want to work all the time. She's just like blatantly saying, please stop. Everyone stop putting so much pressure on me. And and everybody just ignores it. No wonder why she partied all the time. No wonder why she needed something that, you know what I mean? Like she needed some release. Endeavor says in a statement, we are very proud of how we represented Lindsay Lohan while she was a client of Endeavor and believe her body of work while at the agency speaks for itself. Sure, yeah, she was pumping out successful project after successful project, but at what cost? 
Lindsay says she really wanted to expand her acting range and they didn't really understand that. She was not getting called in for the roles that she wanted to be called in for. And that's a big problem. I have that problem with my agent right now. So like I can't even imagine being Lindsay and being like super famous and thinking, you know, all these people think that she's so powerful and that she could do whatever she wants and she could have whatever she wants. But her agents aren't even sending her on the auditions that she wants to go on. And she says, I would have liked to read for Closer, noting that the film earned another young actress, Natalie Portman, 23, an Oscar nomination. I love that movie Closer. Literally one of my favorite movies of all time. And very, very different from the types of movies Lindsay was in at the time or that she's ever been in. It says, given that Lohan herself says that she would not be interested in a script that calls for her character to lose her virginity on screen so as not to alienate her fan base, it's hard to imagine her playing a stripper as Portman did in Closer. So yeah, Closer is very sexually explicit, but honestly, I feel like Natalie Portman's role wasn't, I mean, yeah, it was sexual, but... At the same time, that movie's about so much more. It's not sexual just to be sexual. It's about the dynamics of adult relationships and sex is obviously a really big part of that. So Natalie Portman was 23 at this time and also Lindsay's looking at other people, like I said, Scarlett Johansson, Evan Rachel Wood, these actresses in her age range and she's doing these Disney films and they're doing movies where they're taken more seriously. And she also brings up Kira Knightley. She says, it's hard for me to have to watch that. I work just as hard as those people and sometimes the media makes it seem like they're more mature because their fan base is more mature and my fan base is younger. So they're writing about me going out all the time. It's easy to over-publicize me. I've said it before, but I think that Lindsay contributed a lot to that image. But I could see how she was trying to break out of it. And I totally understand her wanting to leave her agency for people that just better align with what she wanted to do. On May 21st, 2005, Lindsay hosted SNL for the second time. And I remember this like it was yesterday because she was just so famous at this point. And again, it was like her every move was documented. I literally saw pictures of where she was every day of her life. I was obsessed everybody was obsessed and it was a big deal that she was getting to perform on SNL almost exactly a year after her first time hosting that's a special privilege a lot of people do not get but she of course had friends at SNL with Lauren Michaels and Tina Fey there as well as Amy Poehler and later on Lindsay actually revealed that Tina and Amy did an intervention with her and She said, Amy Poehler was good and tough on me saying, you're too skinny. I'm not going to ask you why, but you're too skinny and I don't like it. They sat me down, Lindsay said, literally before I was going to do SNL and they said, you need to take care of yourself. We care about you too much and we've seen too many people do this. And I just started bawling. I knew I had a problem and I couldn't admit it. Lindsay later revealed to Vanity Fair magazine that she was making herself sick and she is referring to bulimic episodes. She said the situation came to a head in May 2005 when she was hosting SNL. I saw that show after I did it. My arms were disgusting. I had no arms. She also said that she and her family were very upset when they saw those pictures of her and Nicole looking skeletal. She says the sight of it devastated her siblings. I looked at it and I was like, Jesus Christ, says Lohan. My sister, she was scared. My brother called me crying. So yes, she does look very, very skinny on Saturday Night Live. And I think that this episode really brought it home for the public that wasn't checking the internet every day for new pictures of her and maybe hadn't seen her that often. 
I think because on SNL she's in multiple different looks and different outfits and she's moving around a lot, we could really see how just straight up and down her body had become. And it was ironic because on the previous year when she hosted SNL, one of the punchlines was about her curvy, sexy body in that famous Harry Potter sketch that she did where they're talking about how she's really grown over the summer and all of that. So it was like her body was so voluptuous that it was something that they could make an obvious joke about just a year before. And now everyone's saying you're too skinny to the point where Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, who genuinely care about her, are saying you need to do something now. And in her monologue, they actually made a joke about this, which is kind of haunting now because in this they have Amy playing an older version of Lindsay, a burned out version kind of coming back from the future to warn Lindsay to stop partying so much because this is what you're going to become, kind of like a Christmas carol type of thing. And a lot of what Amy jokes about in this monologue kind of did come true for Lindsay and it's all done in good fun but it's actually kind of an uncomfortable premonition. SNL, but my first time hosting as a blonde, and I have to say, it is a little bit more fun. It's been kind of a crazy year. If you read the tabloids, they say I'm too skinny, I'm at clubs every night, and I'm going out with everyone from Bruce Willis to Jake Gyllenhaal. Lindsay! <coughs> Lindsay! Lindsay, your life is moving too fast. You gotta slow it down. Um, who are you? I'm you. <laughs> I've come back from the future to tell you you gotta cool it with the partying. Because I'm totally beat. Well, wait a second. You're me in the future? Did I stutter, bitch? <laughs> okay, I guess it does kind of sound like me. And you do have my natural hair color. But I have a question. Why am I so short in the future? Because our bones turn to dust. Because you drank nothing but Red Bull. Everyone drinks Red Bull. No, not anymore. In the future, we use it to power cars. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, it is awesome. So what else happens? What movies do I make in the future? Uh, well, let me see. Uh, we did Herbie, Fully Loaded. Mm -hmm. Then we did Mean Girls 2. That was a suck bomb. Uh, then we did National Lampoon's Jamaican Vacation. And then we did like eight Lifetime movies. And now we host a Cinemax show called Night Passions. <laughs> Sounds a little shady. Wait, are we doing porn? No! We're introducing porn. It's totally different. But you know, somebody's gotta pay the bills ever since Tommy got his hip replacement. Who? Oh, yeah, you're married to Tommy Lee, genius. <laughs> what? When did I even meet him and where? At Oscars. I get to go to the Oscars? Not the Oscars. Oscars, a strip club in Glendale. <laughs> and do me a favor. Sometime in the near future, when you're out partying with Nicole Richie, do not get this tattoo. <laughs> hey, what do you want from me? I loves me some bovice. Okay, I know, I know. All I'm saying is, get some sleep, drink some water. 
Unless you want this to be your future, you better take it down a notch. Don't say I didn't warn you. Wait, 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 wait. Let me ask you this. Am I happy 30 years from now? I don't know. I'm from 2007. <laughs> As far as the rest of the sketches, they're okay. Lindsay did not do as well in this episode, in my opinion, as she did the year before. You can attribute that to the writing, but I really think that Lindsay's performance in particular, it was good in some sketches, and then in other sketches, it just wasn't there. There's a lot of times where Lindsay makes a joke and nobody laughs, and there's like this awkward silence. And I do think that part of that was her appearance, but I also just think that maybe because she was burning the candle at both ends, she wasn't as prepared this year. There is a scene actually where she plays Jessica Simpson and it's in this sketch that they did with they had like a Prince talk show and Maya Rudolph would play Beyonce and Beyonce is like the only one that understands what Prince has to say and things like that it was such a funny sketch Maya Rudolph and Amy Poehler really are the stars of this episode like if you go back and watch they are killing in every scene and they more than overshadow Lindsay she's playing Jessica because Prince has Nick and Jessica on the show as guests and you can tell that she didn't actually study Jessica at all she looks nothing like Jessica the wardrobe isn't I mean the, the, she's not styled or made up like Jessica either but Lindsay's performance you can tell she's just playing kind of like a sweet southern girl and she's not actually trying to be like Jessica Justin Timberlake did a better job of portraying Jessica when he was doing Nick and Jessica with Jimmy Fallon in an episode from a few years prior so I really think she could have done a better job but overall the sketches just mm, they just just were not as good as the year before and it wasn't as memorable of an appearance for Lindsay the only thing that made it really memorable was her appearance which America was now noticing was just so drastically different than what we had seen of her in the past and again she still looked gorgeous it was just really different and kind of a step down from the way she naturally was I think that if Lindsay had naturally been a pin thin blonde nobody would have said anything it would have just been normal like with Paris Hilton but because she had had such unique features before and now was on SNL looking like a stick figure people were just like why would somebody so gorgeous and talented and perfect do this to themselves and it was kind of sad to see. Right after SNL Lindsay flies to Florida because she's co-hosting and performing on another radio summer concert she performs speak and first and then parties in Miami this is around the time that she starts being spotted with Jared Leto now my opinion is that Lindsay and Jared Leto dated from around April May of 2005 through the rest of the year and that's why we don't see as many rumors about who Lindsay's dating at this time because she was in a serious relationship with Jared and I think he was making her keep the relationship a secret. My opinion was that they steadily dated, that he was one of the loves of her life at this time, that he was a serious relationship for her, and that he had genuine feelings for her. But he made her hide it because Jared Leto takes himself exorbitantly seriously as an actor and a musician. And you know what? It's, it's paid off for him. He has a very successful band, and he's won an Oscar for acting, and he's been in several great films. No matter what you want to say about him being a creep or whatever, whatever he's been doing works for him, right? He's very successful. And I think that he very much saw this direction that Lindsay was going in. And I think he found her enigmatic and magnetic like many people did. And he kind of couldn't resist her. He wanted to be in a relationship with her, but he did not want to be known as Lindsay's boyfriend. He didn't want to be standing on the red carpet with her when she's showing up to clubs with Nicole Richie and partying all night. 
he very much keeps his private life extremely private. People are really only now starting to notice like weird things about Jared Leto and I'm like mm, this has been going on for a while but I think that he made her keep it a secret and Lindsay has alluded to this in future interviews and she has said that he and her really never broke up whereas at this time in 2005 she wouldn't even confirm that they were dating she said they were just friends she said that they had started meeting up because Jared was attached to this film chapter 27 that they did end up making together where he was playing John Lennon's killer Mark David Chapman Jared famously gained a bunch of weight for this role and he took it very seriously like he thought this was going to be an Oscar nominated role for him and it was very important to him that they picked the right girl to be in the film now Lindsay's role is very small but I think that Jared took it extremely seriously and I think he really bought into what she was saying about wanting to do films with more respected actors and directors and things like that and I think he thought he was a part of that and he just wanted nothing to do with the tabloid news and all of the drama because he wasn't as big of a star at the time as Lindsay I mean basically no actor was as big a star of Lindsay as Lindsay at this time you know I think that they broke up sometime after chapter 27 ended filming but then again Lindsay does say that they never really broke up so I think that this was a thing where over the years they would keep connecting if one of them was single or who knows maybe they would be cheating on their current person I don't know but I would literally make a bet like I would bet money on the fact that what I am saying here is 100% accurate do your own research let me know what you think but I personally think that Jared was Lindsay's second serious boyfriend after Wilmer. Lindsay was spotted all over New York and LA with Jared and she even was photographed with these symbols written on her feet and hands which represented his band 30 seconds to Mars which is very much like that is such a girlfriend thing to do when you're dating a guy in a band to like <laughs> to you know wear their t-shirt or something like that I feel like it was a more subtle way of telling people that she was dating him without actually saying it because I think when you're in a secret relationship you're looking for ways to signal to people that this is happening without getting in trouble <laughs> you know what I mean so who knows but that's the impression that I got speaking of dating rumors Kristen Cavallari the star star of Laguna Beach I am team Kristen and not team Elsie, by the way, but that's a whole other story. I'll get into that in a different episode. But Kristen claims that Lindsay was hooking up with Talon, another star of Laguna Beach, and that Lindsay freaked out on Kristen because Kristen was having a little sleepover with Talon. And Kristen says, I slept in Talon's bed. I mean, I was fully clothed, wearing a long t-shirt. Nothing went down. Then at like 6 a.m., Lindsay comes in and she freaks out. She starts crying, going, arg, like a pirate, I guess. And she slammed a glass on the table. I was like, are you kidding me right now? Talon had to tell her to leave. Lindsay's publicist denies the incident. Of course, I believe Kristen. I mean, like, I don't know why, but I just like love Kristen. And I, I find like, why would she lie about that? Like, what a random thing to to make up and Talon was getting around in Hollywood around this time like remember when he was engaged to Kimberly Stewart like what the hell he's not even hot like he was not the per he was not the guy that I wanted when I was watching Laguna Beach I mean I was a Steven girl but more than that I really like Trey I thought I was cool for liking Trey because he was like different and artsy like that was that's still the kind of guy that I like so and one time I saw Trey walking down the street in New York City and I was literally thrilled but again that's a story for another podcast so on May 27th 
27th, Lindsay's father, Michael, was sentenced to a year to four years in jail for several charges, including assault from that incident where he hit Dina's brother, allegedly, and then also for driving while intoxicated, which he claimed was him trying to get to Lindsay in New Orleans, but who really knows? So he ends up going to jail a few months later and staying in jail until 2007. And then on June 1st, Lindsay gets into another car accident. Now, I was worried about you. A couple weeks ago, I'm watching the news, and I see this car accident thing. Well, what happened there? Tell us um, what happened. I was worried about me, too. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I realized what happened until it actually, until the day after, when everyone was saying things about it. I was driving, being chased, um, and I was with my friend, and I was trying, I was on the phone with the police, and they couldn't do anything, so they hung up about three times. When you say you're being chased, now, I know you. You're a very nice person. When you're out there, I see you stop, you take pictures. You're not the type of person, oh, get away from me. Oh, no, I'm I mean, nice to them. So why, why are they chasing you? I don't know. They start calling each other, and then ten cars build up, and it was, they were cutting people off, and it was dangerous for other people in cars, and, you know, they have children in cars, and mm -hmm. so I saw a police car drive by, was on 3rd and Sweetser, pulled a U-turn, and then as I'm going to pull away, he cornered me, and I was like, what are you doing? And he looked at me and smirked and then drove into my door the second I turned my head, and I felt the door, like, wow. someone drive into the door. I started freaking out. I got my door jammed. And... So this is a paparazzi guy, obviously, right? Yeah. Now, is he and then they came over and kept taking pictures. So he's taking... I... I was like... <laughs> but that's... But I suppose... Why is that? The idea if they can catch you scared or upset, that's worth more? Is that... I think... I don't even know. It's just, it's gotten to a point now where it's just, it just gets so ridiculous. They, they kind of put you in a situation where they can get you to react a certain way and then they can get that first shot, I think. Yeah. Um, I'm just thankful that no one was seriously injured. Yeah. Um, my friend hurt her head. I have bruises all over. Well, show your car. Show what happens to your car. Oh, my God. <laughs> there you go. Look at, I mean, that's not taken lightly. I mean, that's a real, it's not like, oh, somebody dinged you. I mean, that's a real smash. I know. Yeah. I try to make light of it. I had really good shoes on, and I had blood on them, and that was my main concern. Are you going to sue him? You should sue him. <laughs> you know, I've, I'm, I'm working on just promoting yeah. Herbie and starting okay. other films, So, but I'm going to get into that. The accident was allegedly caused by a paparazzo. He was booked on suspicion of assault with a deadly weapon after slamming into the actress's car, police told the Associated Press. Lohan's mother, Dina, issued a statement saying, I thank God my daughter was able to walk out of the car. Lindsay said, it was pretty scary. I didn't expect anything to happen. I turned my head to talk to my friend and got rammed in the side. She also revealed the incident left her with a lot of bruises and she's sore in her neck. According to police, Lindsay was attempting to flee from paparazzi when her vehicle was struck by one of the paparazzi's vehicles. A spokesperson for the police confirmed that one male, 24-year-old Gallo Ramirez, was detained on suspicion of assault with a deadly weapon and then released on $35,000 bail. He is scheduled to appear in court later this month. So that was also a big part of the press around Lindsay is like, oh my god, the paparazzi are so bad that now her life is in danger because... They're always chasing her. On June 4th, 2005, oh, I will never forget this. Lindsay was on the MTV Movie Awards. Now, Nicole Richie co-hosted on the red carpet, and there's that famous quote of them talking to each other and saying, you're so skinny. No, you're so skinny. All right, I am here with the star of Mean Girls, the star of Herbie Fully Loaded, Lindsay Lohan. Wait, la 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 la. You look really skinny, I have to tell you. I mean, you look really skinny. No, you look really skinny. <laughs> Are you going to perform? 
perform tonight? Are you going to sing? I'm no. tired of rooming I'm sick of being followed. I'm glad you know the song. That was the first iconic moment, but then also, of course, everybody remembers Ryan Gosling and Rachel McAdams recreated the kiss from the notebook. My friends were over that night, and we were screaming watching that, and then we immediately turned off the MTV Movie Awards and watched the notebook for the millionth time. We were obsessed, of course. And Lindsay also appeared with all of her Mean Girls co-stars. And again, it was like so strange to see her winning an award for Mean Girls because she looked so different from Katie Heron. Like she literally looked like Katie Heron's like weird skinny aunt or something. Lindsay won Best Female Performance for Mean Girls and Best On-Screen Duo for the same film. It wasn't a duo though. It was actually the foursome of Lindsay, Lacey Chabert, Rachel McAdams, and Amanda Seyfried as the plastics. So another thing that everybody was talking about in the press around this time with Lindsay was that Ashley Simpson had stolen her boyfriend, Wilmer Valderrama, the year before. I don't know what exactly the timeline is, but Ashley and Wilmer didn't really go public until around the time that Ashley was releasing her album, I Am Me. Like I remember at the release party, Wilmer was there and there was a dinner that Ashley had and Wilmer was there at that too and he was on her reality show but that was much later in 2005 and Wilmer and Lindsay broke up in October of 2004 so I do kind of think that this was more BS than not but also like who would put it past Wilmer to cheat on Lindsay like I would not put that past him at all apparently Lindsay had an after party at the standard in LA which was a major hot spot at the time after the MTV movie awards and there was almost a cat fight because Jessica and Ashley were not allowed into the party apparently hotel employees were cleaning off a table for them and then Lindsay found out and was like no way they are not being let into this party and the doorman told Ashley and Jessica that they could not come in and then instead Jessica and Ashley went to Jimmy Fallon's party that he was hosting at the Argyle Hotel and apparently Jessica was overheard calling Lindsay a bitch and saying if she comes here I will kick her ass which I could imagine Jessica saying that like in a in a in a country like funny type of way not in an actual like threatening type of way Eventually, Lindsay did end up at Jimmy Fallon's party and Jessica apparently went ballistic. Now, of course, this is like a very tabloidy type of story. This could all be completely false. It says she was screaming how she was going to kick her ass and had to be separated from Lindsay. Ashley wasn't really upset, but Jessica was furious because she says she is a star and should be let in everywhere. Somehow I doubt that. The trio ended up making up after Lindsay explained it was just a mistake that they were not let into the party. A rep for Lohan commented and said maybe their names got misplaced on the list that is shady because I could totally imagine Lindsay being like oh my god I'm so sorry it totally wasn't me I did not kick you out of my party I don't know why you weren't on the guest list I'm totally firing those people how could they not let you into the party that totally wasn't my fault I'm so sorry that is very Lindsay right and then a rep for Ashley comes out and says Ashley and Jessica had a great time at Jimmy's party which was the hottest one of the night shade right because she's saying oh Lindsay's party sucked anyway they didn't even want to be in Lindsay's party so that kind of makes me think that this is true because why would the reps make these shady comments toward each other you know like if it wasn't true they should have just like ignored the whole situation and not commented but instead they're making these like very petty high school shady comments toward each other so that kind of makes me think the whole thing is true except 
Jessica being such a brat. I don't really see her acting like that, but who knows? Around this time, Lindsay is also rumored to be making another romantic comedy after Just My Luck called Fashionistas. And that was another like big studio comedy. So I think that her not taking that role and not being in Mission Impossible 3 also, and instead doing Prairie Home Companion, Chapter 27, and Bobby, which we'll get to, these independent films about more serious topics, I think this is Lindsay very purposefully trying to, again, move into this more serious space. She tells E! News, This is a great time of my life, and this is what I've wanted for so long. I only want to work with directors who might not necessarily want to work with people who are over-publicized or who people are sick of, you know, so that's my only concern. It's because I'm not like they say I am. They take a picture and they blow you up, then they airbrush you. What are you going to do? I'm growing up. I'm learning about eating healthier and working out and taking care of myself. People do that. It's normal. You go from 17 to 19, that's what happens. We, of course, know that, as I quoted before, she would end up admitting to bulimia and drug use and things like that. So she was just kind of giving these BS responses, but I think that it was very much entangled with truth, which is that she doesn't want to be known for being skinny and for partying. She wants to be known for working with these serious directors. And she's starting to worry that they're not going to want to work with her. And I think part of that was Jared in her ear being like, you better slow it down. Because like everybody knows Jared is very much a partier. Like Jared Leto does drugs. He parties. He's supposed to be this like, you know, very healthy vegan dude who goes on these retreats in the desert and only eats grass or whatever. But like he actually was partying a lot too and stuff. It's just people didn't know about it because he was able to kind of go under the radar. Also, he's a he's a man. So of course, he's not going to face the same scrutiny as Lindsay. Herbie Fully Loaded was a massive hit. It had a budget of $50 million and ended up making $144 million worldwide. So even though I think that as far as the story and the script goes and the subject matter, it really wasn't a step forward for Lindsay. It was kind of a step back. It continued this run of very, very successful movies that made a ton of money. And so that kind of allowed Hollywood to look the other way in terms of Lindsay's partying and all the negative rumors about her and the weight loss and all this kind of stuff because she was still a major, major bankable star. And people were afraid this wouldn't continue because of the turmoil going on in her life, but they were kind of just forcing her to focus on work, look down, and make it happen, basically. Like, let's just do this. Let's just keep her out there, get her working, and hope for the best. With Herbie coming out, of course, a lot of people continued to write about her hospitalization during the making of the film and how she was working on Speak at the same time, and she just was very overworked. But she also talked a lot about how much fun she had making the movie because she had to do a lot of training to be able to even do the scenes that she did where she wasn't being replaced by a stunt driver. She had a stunt driver for a lot of it, but they had to get a lot of shots of her in the car as well. So she said that she had to do a lot of real life racing to train for the part, and she told IGN, I had fun doing that. When I first went to the Richard Petty experience for the driving school, Angela, the director, got on the track, and I was supposed to drive too, but I was too scared. I wanted to go faster, but I didn't want to have to drive going faster. And I got in the car with the guy, and we were going so fast. I think 190 or 195 miles an hour, and you get so close to the wall. I started screaming, and I almost started crying. I thought I was going to die. But when I learned stick and learned to drive, I got used to it. I had to learn the skill for all the maneuvers, which would have been helpful the other day. She's referring to 
when she got in the car crash because of the paparazzi. She also talked a lot about her experience making this film on Conan, which I think is one of her cuter appearances during this time. I really love the rapport that Conan has with a lot of young stars around this time. I think he toes the line between like being gross and annoying toward them a little bit better than maybe Letterman or Leno does. Okay, let's talk about Irby Fully Loaded. There's a lot of driving in this movie. Irby Fully Loaded? I, say, I do the, to me the Did H you is, see the movie? I, yeah, I do the H is silent, Irby. Isn't that nice? Irby. It's like herbs and spices. It's I'm gonna get, car. I'm gonna get America saying it my way. But uh, do, are you a good driver? Um, yeah. Yeah? I wasn't with the paparazzi incident. Yeah, I heard about that incident. incident. That's unpleasant. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm a good driver. I had to take NASCAR lessons, and I went to um, the Richard Petty driving school. That is so cool. Um, which was really fun. How fast, how fast can you go on the track? We, I wasn't driving when we went. We went like 90, 195. 195? 190. I'm right. exaggerating. One, one, yeah. <laughs> After, after like 120, it doesn't matter, no, you know. It's like, but that's so cool. And that's... I was freaking out, and I started to, I was, I almost started crying. I was shaking. Right. They have, they get really close to the walls, and that you, if I mean, if you do this with the wheel, you're off the tracks and you're done for. Right, right. I think that'd be very scary. It was scary, but it was fun. It's, it's very exhilarating. I like yeah. it. Lindsay also defended herself against what the biggest misconceptions are about her. She says, The biggest misconception is that I'm some girl who goes out all the time and doesn't take her job very seriously, that I'm late to set all the time, or that I'm a diva. I'm so not that. Everyone has their moments. Everyone has a bad day, and I do pretty freaking good considering the things that get said about me and how much they tap into my personal life and how much they lie about it. I just want people to know that I want to be in this for the long run, and I don't want people to have the misconception that I'm like what the tabloids say. She also commented on how much she had worked with Disney in the past, and she said, Disney gave me my opportunity to follow what I wanted to do in life. I owe a lot to them, and they've been really good to me. So coming in to do another remake, you could say I felt safe with them. But it's always nerve-wracking because you don't know what the people from the generation that saw the movie originally are going to say about the film. You want to live up to their expectations so they'll like the new one. And I trust Disney because they keep the elements from the original and they update it to how it turns out now, which is great. They keep it young and fresh and they make it appealing to all ages. Herbie Fully Loaded received mixed reviews and as of today, it has a 41% on the tomato meter on RottenTomatoes.com and a 39% audience score. So yikes, even lower. The critics consensus says Herbie Fully Loaded is a decent kids movie that's pretty undemanding for adult viewers. I have to say I do agree with that consensus where I would argue that her other Disney remakes, The Parent Trap and Freaky Friday, actually have a lot of content for adults, making them kind of the perfect family films because younger kids enjoy the sillier moments and then adults can also enjoy some of the more edgy or mature jokes and then the serious relationship moments that are featured in both films. And I just don't think Herbie Fully Loaded had as strong of a script. And I think that they relied too much on the jokes with the car being alive and all that kind of stuff. Like I'm just not that interested in, in car movies or race car types of stuff. I'm sure this was popular with little kids especially young boys that are super into cars and it does have a good supporting cast Lindsay's surrounded by Michael Keaton Matt Dillon Brecken Meyer Justin Long Cheryl Hines all very talented people that I enjoy seeing in many projects but they're just not given super special dialogue to work with 
Roger Ebert gave the film two stars. Little kids would probably enjoy it, but their older brothers and sisters will be rolling their eyes and their parents will be using their iPods. The story is formula from beginning to end. The plucky girl and her plucky car, both disregarded by the dominant male culture, but gritting their teeth or radiators for a chance to prove themselves. The ineffectual dad, the teeth-gnashing villain, the racing footage. It's all just okay. It's, there's not a lot there. It's just a fun little movie that will entertain you mildly for a couple of hours. Merritt Ingman of the Austin Chronicle said, It is not altogether bad. Like most general audience studio fare for the summer months, it was written by perhaps 13 or 14 different people who have imbued their characters with kiddie pool depth and quick marched them through their boring narrative paces with regimental precision. Ouch. But there's an offbeat energy bubbling under the surface of this movie and it adds an element of playfulness and anarchy to the proceedings. I do agree with that and I wish that they leaned harder into that and made it like really quirky and strange and weird because it's just way too generic. She continues, there's also that Lohan girl with her digitally reduced breasts and the film asks little more of her than to run around in distressed ringer t-shirts and intermittently squawk Herbie in her crackly girl next door type of way. Now regarding the digitally reduced breasts, there were rumors that Lindsay was just falling out of her tops too much in Herbie Fully Loaded, which they apparently did on purpose because she's a young starlet and she was sexy, so they wanted to use that. But of course, it's a fine line. You know, it's the same thing they did with Britney earlier in her career. It's like she can be sexy, but not too sexy. Disney denied that they made her breasts look smaller on camera, but there actually is a news story about them changing the posters for this movie. And I do think that this one might be true. It says, movie bosses have decided to take teen star Lindsay Lohan off of posters to promote Herbie Fully Loaded because the blonde-haired, shrinking actress looks nothing like the red-headed, busty girl in the original picture, according to reports. It says she's been taken off the original posters where she dominated the shot with the car in the background. The new posters feature one of just the car and another of the car with a very small picture of Lindsay in the background, along with other cast members. According to an article in the New York Post, the actress is said to be fuming that she was not told about the changes after a screening in Hollywood on Sunday. The director, Angela Robinson, uh, denied any behind-the-scenes alterations to prevent Lindsay from being too sexy in the film. She says, no, we did not digitally reduce her boobs but she didn't say anything about the posters so that kind of makes me think it's true because if you just google herbie fully loaded posters most of the posters feature the car predominantly and for Lindsay to be such a big star at the time and them to not plaster her all over the posters is kind of interesting like it does make me think that they didn't want to feature her in the poster as much but I think it's strange because if that was me I would put her in the poster front and center because I'd be like hey look we had the original Lindsay you all love we had the redheaded curvy Lindsay and see her now and her be fully loaded because pretty soon she won't be looking like this in movies anymore so I don't know if it's true but there are posters that don't even feature Lindsay and then there are some that feature her but very small and or in a cartoon image of her where she's winking. So interesting. Along with the release of Herbie Fully Loaded, Lindsay also starts getting a lot more flack about her weight because with the movie coming out, it was just very clear. It was like, look, less than a year ago, this is what Lindsay looked like and now she looks super different. 
There was actually even an online petition called Please Lindsay Eat that had over 12,000 signatures. And it said, we urge you, Lindsay, to please pick up a sandwich and eat it or ice cream or any food that might put those oh-so-cute pounds back on. You looked so much better as a curvy redhead. Hollywood has too many skinny blondes. Go back to your natural hair color and healthy weight. Do you have any idea the message you are sending to young girls who look up to you? Please be a positive role model. The petition was started by the creators of FeedLindsay.com and they were even selling FeedLindsay t-shirts. So interesting that they're so genuinely concerned about this human being but they don't mind making money off of the fact that she's skinny just something to note there Lindsay talked to blackfilm.com about what she wants to do next and she says that she's looking for that role where it's a stretch where she can kind of push the envelope a little bit they asked her if that was why she was working with Robert Altman on a prairie home companion and Lindsay replies yes it's a drama and it's an amazing cast and that's why I'm proud to be a part of it and not to have to work every single day on the set. Again, she couldn't have been more public about the fact that she wanted to work less, but she continues, that's exciting and it's Meryl Streep, Lily Tomlin, and Kevin Klein, so it's probably going to be an acting class for me just being there. She also says, I'm a workaholic so I tend to just keep going. I'm so used to working at this point and when I don't have anything to do, I kind of go crazy and I'm like, I need to work more. So I need to surround myself with people who make sure I say no more than yes at this point. And I think, again, that's why she switched agencies because... She wants people that are going to encourage her to work smarter, not harder. They asked her why she works so hard and what makes her a workaholic. And she says, I think I work so much because I've been doing a lot all at once. You get to a point where you want to please everyone and that's so difficult. You have to take the time. It's difficult for me. It's all been a learning experience. So I've been learning to say, what does Lindsay need? What do I need to do for myself? I'm growing up and working with Michael Keaton and Matt Dillon. You get advice from those people and it's so nice to hear that. You have to take care of yourself and make sure you're doing what you want to do. She also was interviewed by Matt Lauer for the Today Show and she said that she hates the word partying and she doesn't want to be seen as that type of person. She said that she's a professional and she wants to have a career like Jodie Foster's. She's my main person I always look towards, said Lindsay, who turns 19 on July 2nd. She was able to make the transition into adult roles after a career as a child star. I don't want to just be a celebrity. I want to be an actress. I don't hang out in clubs as much as they say I do. I go out with friends and go out to dinner. The only thing you can do is know what your truth is because the more that you try to defend yourself, people then say that you're hiding something. Lindsay also addressed all of the speculation surrounding her after her weight loss, car accident, and everything else going on in her life with Nancy O'Dell of Access Hollywood. And what you just heard is very much the same narrative that she goes into on every single show. I'm not going to play a lot of clips in this episode because so many of these interviews are just so similar. She just keeps acting completely innocent like she never does anything wrong and she doesn't party as much as they say and she's not sick and she's not in trouble and she doesn't drink too much and everything's fine and she wants to be a serious actress but they just won't let her be. That is the same narrative that we hear in almost every single interview from Lindsay around this time. On June 30th, 2005, Lindsay's father Michael officially is sent to jail where he would remain until March 14th, 2007. And I think when you look at that timeline and you see what also was going on with Lindsay, it's not hard to imagine why she was going through so much at the time that her father was in prison. I mean, how do you deal with that, especially publicly? While Michael is in jail, the divorce proceedings officially start and Lindsay actually left the Herbie Press tour 
early in the UK to go home and be with her family for the start of the divorce proceedings. I think it's really sweet that she was there for her mother who really needed support at the time. And I think Lindsay was also very tired of being in front of the cameras all the time because so many people were putting her down for her weight. And I think it was probably confusing to her because she thinks that she's supposed to be this thin, perfect, size double zero actress. And instead of people praising her for the weight loss, everybody's worried about her. And the Chicago Sun-Times even released a cover of their celebrity gossip magazine, Fluff, with Lindsay on it that says, thin is not as in as Lindsay Lohan thinks. The divorce trial started on August 3rd in Nassau County, New York, and Lindsay commented to People Magazine, I don't think any girl wants to see her parents in this situation. I've been hurt. My mom has always been a great support, and she has put so much of her own life into my career. I do worry about her. Later in August 2005, Lindsay starts getting out on the scene a little bit more. This is the first time she's seen DJing with Samantha Ronson, so... I'm not sure exactly when they started seeing each other officially, but she was hanging out with her as early as this time. There was also a movie release that Lindsay had a little cameo in playing herself. It's called My Scene Goes to Hollywood, and there was also a doll of Lindsay released. The set was 30 bucks and came with a velvet rope and a director's chair with Lindsay's name on it. I think this was Lindsay's team attempting to remain connected to Lindsay's young audience as her acting career was going into a more adult place. On August 11th, 2005, Lindsay announced that she was working on her second album and that she would be directing the first music video for the new album. She said that the song was going to address her much-publicized family issues, specifically her ongoing drama with her father, Michael. All right, everyone, I'm going to cut this episode off right there. I wanted to get 2005 all done in one episode, but uh, you know me. I just go on and on about Lindsay because she is that girl, okay? She is that girl. And maybe there were some details I could have cut out in this episode, but I like that in-depth podcast style I really do tell me if it's too long but I I mean because I'm thinking like I'm only on 2005 this is already part six I mean we're in 2022 this is a lot of years in between right like how many more episodes are there gonna be I don't even know but I'm excited to go through it all with you and I want to thank you once again for listening I truly appreciate all of you and I will see you guys very very soon bye Thank you so much for listening to the Ashley and Jessica cast. I'm your host, Leah Russo. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Capriya Moon. That's at C-A-P-R-I-A-M-O-O-N. And follow the podcast at Ashley and Jessica cast on Instagram and at Ashley Jessica cast on Twitter. Please let me know your thoughts on the show. I would absolutely love to hear Ashley and Jessica cast at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. See you next time.